Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hi, thank you for joining me. I'm Deborah McDermott and this is Healing Journey Today. Um, it's uh, lovely to see you all again. Thank you for joining us again. Before I go on, I'll just mention my book, Autism Healed. Our two boys, Timothy and James, were healed of autism and our journey should encourage anybody who is um, standing in faith to see their children healed of an incurable disease or illness of any sort. Um, this is available from Amazon in the UK or in America. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to lay a foundation first um, and then I will build up introducing all those other topics over the next few weeks. Um, my hope is to make it easy for you to um, incorporate this teaching to make it a part of your everyday life so you can live it out and release what God has put in you into the natural so that you can walk in the blessings that he has made available, in the power that he has made available for us. Um, so I'll be starting with 1 John 3.16 uh, through to 19. By this we come, no, I'll read it here. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Then skipping to 18, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And this is the bit. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. I'm going to read that again. By this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. We need to gauge where we are by the word and then we can assure our hearts. It's another way of saying we need to read the word, get what it is saying and then reassure our hearts that that is now our reality, that we read the word, put it into our hearts, and that becomes fully persuaded. We become fully persuaded. Um, I'll tell you, it's not automatic that we walk in the gifts the blessings that have been made available to us. We need to assure our hearts, to get it into our hearts and become fully persuaded. People are in touch with the physical. For instance, um, we're having a heat wave here in the UK um, and Christopher can say to me, Deb, are you a bit warm? It doesn't take me long to say, yeah, I'm too warm. Uh, I'm in touch with my physical self. I know that I'm not cold. I don't have to say I'm hot. 
I'm hot, I am not cold, I'm not cold. Or I don't have to say, you know, give me a moment, I need to think about that. No, I just know, I'm hot, it's easy. I'm in touch with the physical environment and my physical senses. Um, it's the same with whether I'm comfortable or if I'm in pain. Doesn't take me more than a moment to know, yes, I'm in pain or no, I'm comfortable. Um, it's the same with our emotional selves. It's, it's not hard to decide if I'm happy, if I'm sad, if I'm encouraged or discouraged. Um, you know, little children may take a while to be able to identify and verbalize their feelings or emotions. But really, basic things like happy, sad, doesn't take us a moment. Um, we don't have to pray about it. We don't have to think about it. We just know it. But when it comes to spiritual things, we uh, just assume that if God was really with us, if that huge amount of power that we've been told is in us, that the anointing that we've been told we have was really with us, that somehow we would just know it. We would feel it. We would feel anointed. We would feel powerful. But that's not the case. We need to assure our hearts that we are of the truth. We need to assure our hearts that God lives in us, that he loves us, that he's for us. And every promise that is yes and amen is in the word, but it's not automatic. Uh, we need to read the word and in doing so, assess our spiritual reality from what the word says, regardless of what our five senses and our emotions are telling us. If the word says we have power or we are anointed and that the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, what it's saying is from when you were born again, when I was born again and I became a new species of being, I am no longer just physical. I am a physical, spiritually supernatural being. My new spiritual reality is not whether I feel like that same power that raised Christ from the dead is, is, is flowing out of me, but whether I have convinced myself, reassured myself that I have become fully persuaded that what the word says is my spiritual reality, then I decide and agree with that is my spiritual reality. Too many Christians um, need to see or to feel. For instance, you can go to a praise and worship meeting and there's a corporate anointing. Um, you are with other um, believers, you're all praising and worshiping together and there sometimes there is a, a, a very strong sense of the presence of God. But that's not when he came into the building. He came into the building when you went into the building. You know, you might have left a house of dirty dishes, a dog vomit still that you haven't got around to cleaning up. You may have had to wipe bums, make porridge, whatever. You've left it all, you've rushed, you've just got to church on time feeling really unholy and wiped out and exhausted. But five minutes of praise and worship and it's like, thank goodness for that. God showed up. He was with you all along. You cannot discern your spiritual reality based on your feelings 
and the feelings they they're real that corporate anointing that 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 almost tangible presence of god is real and it's lovely and it's refreshing refreshing it's delightful but that is not where how we establish our spiritual reality the spiritual reality is is that he was with you in every way just as much then in the chaos of everyday physical life as he was with you when you had spent that time corporately praising and worship and that sweet lovely presence became much more tangible to our physical senses it's important to to um remember that we need to only establish our spiritual truth based on what the word is saying and not our senses john 6:63 jesus said the words i speak to you they are spirit and they are life our inner man is fed our inner spirit man is fed with life when we read the word um and the words are spirit when we read the word faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word when we read the word it is a spiritual interaction taking place um we then decide to agree with the word especially at times when it is difficult for instance if you have not ever had a strong sense of being loved it's very hard for some people to believe that they are loved if they come from religious environments where there's been a lot of condemnation and guilt and shaming it's very hard to let go of that and 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 believe and receive god's love so you need to actually dare i say the word work at assuring and reassuring your heart becoming convinced that the words that he is speaking here are your reality that whether you feel loved or not the spiritual reality is that the word says you are so you are and that does not happen automatically i spent a lot of time looking in the mirror saying deb you are righteous god finds no fault with you god loves you you are god's beloved it took a long time and i used to cringe and feel uncomfortable but after a little while i assured my heart because i was putting in the truth and reassuring my heart and once i was able to do that i was then able to walk in the benefits on the reassurance and the the the, the confidence of being god's beloved and everything that that involves which then means that um issues with fear are no longer an issue there's huge repercussions to just getting that one revelation but it took a time and it wasn't when i suddenly dawned on me and genuinely believed and was fully persuaded that i was loved that i was first loved i had been loved all along during the guilt the shame the 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 feeling that god was never pleased with me hard to please and quick to to punish and so on and so forth um all that time his love had always been there that was always my spiritual reality but until i fed on the word and assured my heart 
and based my spiritual reality on what the word said and not what my mind, my feelings were saying, that I then was able to reap the benefits and walk in the blessings that God had made available to me right from the beginning. So we can't just feel what's going on in the spirit realm with our five senses. The word of God tells us, and we believe it using our sixth sense. Now, this is just me. This is a devism. My sixth sense is when something that I believe I received when I was born again. God gives us all the measure of faith. That is, I, for me, that is the sixth sense, the sense of faith. Now, the faith is there. We're all given the measure of faith. But it's activated when we go into the word and we believe and we assure our hearts and we become fully convinced. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And that sixth sense of faith becomes energized and fed. And then we are able to be entirely secure in the fact that our spiritual reality, 24-7, from the day we're born again to the day we go to be with the Lord, is if it says so, then it is so. It's got nothing to do with if I feel something. You know, there are amazing things that can go on spiritually, especially in, 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 in some meetings. I haven't been in those meetings because I don't even have a spiritual church around here where I'm welcome, but I have heard of them um, and I don't have a problem with it. It's just that um, if you're waiting for that environment in order for your faith to be activated, then the rest of the time you're going to not be walking in everything God has given you in the, you know, the grueling day-to-day meh of life, which is, you know, not bad. It's just not going to give you goosebumps and make you fall out in the spirit if you're in the middle of a financial meeting with the directors of a company or when you're walking dogs or trying to teach kids who have decided they'd much rather go onto YouTube or cleaning or whatever it is, the unholy, as it were, the everyday grind slog of life. In those times, if you are not secure, that your spiritual reality is just as strongly, profoundly true then as it is when you're in a meeting where people are laughing or falling out in the spirit and getting healed and you know, whatever wonderful things are happening, they're no more possible there than they are there. I'll give you um, uh, an example of something that I I read about this woman who has three children and they were all on the spectrum, um, autism spectrum somewhere with various issues, all slightly different. And she left her kids with with the family member and went to this meeting where they did something called a fire tunnel. Now, I've never been to fire tunnel and I'm sure a fire tunnel sounds great fun, but I've never been in a meeting where they've done it. But they all joined hands and people walked through and then delightful, exciting things happened. Some people were slain in the spirit and some started laughing and get drunk in the spirit and and giving each other words and getting spontaneously healed and delivered and set free and, you know, wonderful things. And for three days, she was 
drunk in the spirit and she was receiving prayer and she was receiving words from the Lord and it was a delightful thing. And when she went home, hallelujah, her children were healed. They had been completely set free. She had been in an environment where the faith was energized, um, where the Holy Spirit was working. It was an environment where the Lord was free to work. Everyone's corporate faith and anointings were there. And in that environment, things do happen more easily. But if her child was to be hurt the day after or a week later, when she's just been poop scooping the garden, cleaning the yard, um, cooking the dinner, having an argument with somebody at, about the price of groceries at the shops, whatever the story is, you know, the nitty gritty of real everyday life. She had just as much power to command healing then than she had when she was in that meeting because the spiritual reality is stable. It happened when we got born again and became supernatural beings. Everything that Jesus had became ours as he is. So are we in this world right then. And it's just as much available 24-7. Um, and I, I realize that a lot of people don't realize this. So I have been in situations where I have prayed for a child and agreed with the parent. We have agreed in prayer for healing. And I'm so happy because in, in my mind, that child is now healed. And that family is just a changed family, potentially, because you, as we all know with children with, with incurable disabilities, uh, the whole family is negatively impacted over an extended period of time. And, um, and so I was so happy. But she, she, she looked at me and she looked at the child. She looked at me and she went away. And so then I called her the next day and I said, so how is it? And she said, well, you know, nothing happened. And I'm like, but the word says, let's see, what does the word say? Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father who is in heaven. And on top of that, it's all the promises are yes and amen. And on top of that, by his stripes, we were healed. And on top of that, you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But she said nothing happened because her reality was based on her five senses. Whereas I was absolutely stunned because my reality is based on those the word. So my reality is like huge amounts just happened, but you have just completely negated it all. You have allowed the enemy to use your tongue to completely pull the plug on the power that has was flowing, that was absolutely renovating your situation in the spirit realm. And there was no doubt it would have manifested, except that now it wasn't. And I've heard lots of people have gone to preachers and teachers, and they've gone to people with anointings, healing anointings. And one after another, and they say, but nothing happened, nothing works. Let me tell you, there is always something happening in the spirit realm. There is always, it just depends on whether we're agreeing with this or with the enemy. Oh, 
And that's why this is so important. Do not let your physical senses dictate to you your spiritual reality. Because the enemy is able to work in the physical realm. And he is able to make you feel disappointed. He's able to make you feel like nothing happened. And so you see nothing happen. You didn't feel electricity. You didn't feel heat. The child didn't fall down or they didn't instantly change before your eyes and in a, some dramatic way the, the 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 person healing didn't stick around and say hallelujah the lord has just said and then prophesy all sorts of things you may have just gone on to the next person and released power but let me tell you always something is happening in the spiritual realm but if you are going to perceive it looking at your five senses instead of looking at with your sixth sense and assuring your heart of the real spiritual reality. That is the only way we know what is going on in the spiritual realm is what does the word say? Sometimes and often, and in fact, in my life, 99% of the time, that is the only way I know that something's happened. But let me tell you, when I pray, something always happens. People are sometimes disappointed that when I pray for them, Nothing seems to be happening. That's because the Lord knows that I'm not always waiting for some dramatic demonstration because I'm completely sure that when I pray, stuff happens. So that's enough for me. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't need a lot of exciting demonstrations to prove to me that something's happening. Uh, my children have been healed. I've seen miracles and, you know, when we were looking for the title for our book, we were, Christopher and I were chatting about what to call the book. Christopher said, why don't you call it a very normal miracle? Because it just seemed so normal. Our boys just slowly grew out of all the autistic characteristics. The difference is, is that it wasn't normal because children don't. We were seeing the impossible happening in a way that just seemed normal and undramatic. Um, so if you're seeking the dramatic, you could be missing the miracles. Um, I'll give you another little example. This is very close to home. <laughs> our last full day in Venice. We've just been for a week in Venice. And our last full day in Venice, um, before breakfast, early in the morning, I stubbed my big toe against the base of the sofa. Now, say the sofa is there and the floor was here. My toe went under the sofa, but my nail caught on there. <laughs> so half my nail was ripped up and tore away from the other half of the nail and lifted off. And obviously the resulting pain and blood and cries and so on. And I was, ah, I've just hurt my toe. And I sat down. James was there reading his book. He looked up, saw this nail situation and immediately put his hand on my foot and closed his eyes and started, apart from anything else, he screamed. So he closed his eyes quickly and he just started praying quietly to himself, just started praying. And Christopher rushed over with the plasters or the band-aids. And then I said, painkillers, because I put the first band-aid on and I had to push the nail down to meet up with the other bit and it didn't meet up. It sort of overlapped. And then the pain hit in a significant way. And I said, painkillers. So he got me some anti-inflammatories. I drank them down and I started putting the plasters on. And as I did that, I looked at James and I said, okay, I need to quiet my heart. 
and I need to receive healing because this pain now is way more than any pills can help me with right now. And so I just, just quietly inside of my heart started agreeing with, with James in prayer, not even in words, just in my heart, agreeing with James in prayer and for healing of this pain, this terrible pain that was sweeping up my toe. And as I was doing that, I was applying one Band-Aid after another. And um, by the time I got to the fifth one, yes, I was really, I was making sure no blood would come out and nothing would be, no, anyway. So I was putting it together. And by the time I put that fifth Band-Aid on, it was like the tide going out. It was just the pain just went, and it was gone. And that was it. I had no more pain. Now, if anyone's been to Venice, you'll know there's no cars, there's no motorbikes, there's no bicycles. Um, if you want to get anywhere, you walk and you go upstairs and downstairs and over little bridges and down alleyways and up alleyways. And you just walk and walk and walk. The thing about Venice is that you eat lovely Italian food and delicious things and you get thin because you walk and walk and walk. And this was our last day and we had plans. This was going to be a good last day. And I did. I walked and I walked and I walked and we had a lovely day. And I went to sleep. And the next day we walked, we packed up, we went to the airport, we walked, did stuff. We finally got home last night. I went to bed. I woke up this morning. And guess what? I still have no pain. And I said to James, while I was thinking about you know, what I'm going to speak about. I said to James, did you feel any heat in your hands when you were praying over my foot? And he said, no. I said, did you feel any tingling, any electric? And he said, no. I said, did God say anything to you? And he said, no. And I can see he's looking perplexed as to why are you asking me these silly questions? Of course not. Um, but he had no doubt whatsoever that he was praying that I would be healed and that that pain would go. He was specifically praying for the pain to go, and it did. And I realized with joy that he didn't expect to get a word from God because he'd already had a word. By his stripes, you are healed, that we have authority and we can command pain to go and it obeys. So he's also knew that you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And he knew. Um, and so he didn't need it written uh, in blood on the wall, your mother's pain will go. He didn't need an angel chorus to sing, hallelujah, the pain is leaving. He didn't need any feelings, any reassurances. He didn't need it and he didn't have it, but the miracle happened. And I have no pain and I still have no pain. I'm not expecting any pain. I'm just expecting, I haven't taken the Band-Aid off yet, <laughs> Band-Aids, but um, what I'm trying to say is the spiritual reality is based entirely on the word of God. And we need to continually, because we are physical beings in a physical realm, we dominated by the physical. We need to continually reassure our hearts and remain and continue to feed our inner man with the truth of God's word, remain in a place of being fully convinced of being um, uh, 
fully reassured in a heart level that what the word of God says is our spiritual reality 24-7. So we haven't got time to start confessing. Um, we haven't got time to spend half an hour in prayer or an hour in prayer. Some of us haven't got an opportunity to go and have corporate worship or get somebody even to necessarily agree with us. You know, the heartfelt prayer of a righteous man availeth much, making tremendous power available in its working. When the word of God is enough for you to know that when you put this on, these are your spiritual eyes. I look through that and that is my spiritual reality. That's the only safe place to be. If that's not your foundation, it's no use talking about authority. Because sometimes you will feel like you've got the, on top of the world and I'm proclaiming and commanding and stuff is going to happen because you're feeling built up. You're feeling convinced. At other times, you just feel this is too much. I am under my circumstances. I am swamped and I am in a seriously carnal place. But the word says, and therefore in the spiritual realm, I rule and reign. I am the devil's master. And when I speak, he has to obey regardless of how I feel. You see, if you don't have that foundation, you're not going to be able to consistently walk in everything that God has given us. So that is the most important foundation stone before we build on and speak about um, all the rest of the, 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 the power that we have in us, all the realities that we have in Christ. One last thing I want to say is that Speaking in tongues is very beneficial um, when we are in a place where we are reading something, we're believing it here, but we haven't got it in a heart place. And we are making it, making it applicable to us, mulling it over in our hearts. It's really good to read the word and pray in tongues over those things. When I was feeling lonely, and I, I was reading that I am loved and I am never alone. It was really hard for that to be a reality to me, but I would read it and then I would pray in tongues and I would say, I am loved and I am never alone. God is always with me. He never leaves or forsakes me. And then I would pray in tongues and praying in tongues is when the Holy Spirit works and makes those spiritual realities in, in, Assure our hearts, begin our hearts. Um, there is something else the word says. Mm, where was it now? In James. James 1, uh, 6. But let him ask, I'll go to five. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. I find that so sad because he wants us to have everything. That's why he's made it available to us. That's why Jesus paid such a high price. We get it for free. We access it for free. But if we are not fully convinced, not fully persuaded, 
I'll tell you what it's like. It's like an iPad. Now, this iPad can take photographs. I can give and receive emails. There's enormous power available in this iPad. Some people can do a lot more with it than I can, but it has huge potential. But if it's run out of power, it just sits there. And we're often like that. We have all this potential, but we're not plugged in. And we are not believing. It's not even that it's not available to us. It's the faith that is required. Um, uh, uh, the faith that comes from a heart that is fully assured, that is fully persuaded. And that faith then accesses the click into the electricity. Now everything that is potential in this becomes immediately available. And this iPad, if it was me, is now genuinely able to raise the dead. It doesn't just know that it's potentially capable of raising the dead and hoping that it gets holy and spiritual enough if it falls out in the spirit often enough and prays often enough and stuff. It knows, it knows, it knows that it must be able to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, etc., etc. But until it sinks into the heart and becomes fully persuaded, that plug, is not, it's not going there. But tick, put it in there and it all happens. And how does that, what is that plug? We are the potentials and this is the power source and it's absolutely not dependent on what we're feeling one last thing about praying in tongues you know James initially really struggled because we don't have a church and stuff he struggled to receive tongues um, because he only had his mum there to say okay well I'll just pray over you and you'll receive tongues and he was like got to get in a holy place, got to get in a holy place. Mm. And he would read his word about tongues. and mm. But yeah, he would go, blah, 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 da, 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 and nothing happened. And then one day I was just walking the dog. Lovely day, lovely weather. And I was just walking through the gate of home. And the Lord said to me, just dropped it into my heart, go and put your hands on James's shoulder and command him to speak in tongues. And I walked into James's study and he is on video games, whatever it is, absolutely engrossed in this video game. And I said, James, God said, it's time to speak in tongues. I put my hands on his shoulder and I said, now speak. And he looked so astonished as like you are interrupting a game. And he opened his mouth and he said, and he spoke in tongues. You see, he was waiting for something spiritually significant that he felt but when he dispensed with all of that and I took him by surprise, what was already in there was just free to move. I'll tell you now, a lot of miracles are just normal. They just happen without any bells and whistles. Never assess your spiritual reality by your physical senses. I hope this helps you. And next week, we're going to move on to walking in spiritual authority. God bless you, and I'll see you next week. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes... 
we are healed. God bless you.